Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I am Zidra. I am your host. I am, like yourself, a busy individual, but I am never too busy to podcast. So I think I'm going to title this one either The Tragedy of Mr. Terrific or The Tragedy of Michael Curtis Holt. I'm watching Arrow. So, I'm trying to watch the last season so I can prepare for the crossover that they said is coming in November. And out of all of the CW shows, last season's Arrow was the weakest, in my opinion. Or it was the least entertaining for me. And... I could kind of get into that and break that down, but I'm sure that there's plenty of videos that already exist of what's wrong with Arrow? What happened with Arrow? Why isn't Arrow as good as it was in season one and holy shit season two? So there'll be a little bit of that in this, but more specifically, before we do any of that, I have to talk about Curtis. I have to talk about Mr. Terrific. I have to talk about Michael Holt and what they've done to him and his character. And it's so bothersome for me that I almost can't not talk about it. I have to get this part off my chest before I can even get into why I feel the season is not working. So... Before we dive into that, let me say, if you watch Arrow and you haven't finished the last season, I mean the latest season, and you don't want to be spoiled, I would go ahead and tune out now, and uh, I haven't even finished the last season yet. I still have about five episodes left, and I'm actually actively watching it. I stopped in the middle of an episode so I could uh, I could tell, go take a drive and podcast and kind of clear my thoughts. But I can't wait until I finish the episode or the season to talk about this because it it almost makes me wonder what were they thinking in that category. So Spoiler warning's already already up. I'm just gonna do this as stark as possible, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put out kind of like my thoughts and my feelings about what I feel is going on about this character that, in my opinion, they've ruined. So, for those of you who don't know, there is a character in DC Comics called Mister Terrific. Mr. Terrific is a legacy character that is a very athletic individual who basically fights. I believe he had, I believe the original Mr. Terrific back in the 70s is when I think it took place, maybe the 60s. He didn't have any powers either. And then we got the Mr. Terrific that we had in the um, modern day Justice Society of America. Now, the Justice Society of America is old school superheroes and some obscure superheroes in the DC. So you have the Justice League, which is Superman, Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, 
where it's Martian Manhunter, the most powerful, powerful, best of the best, coming together, taking on these impossible tasks. But then you have the Justice Society. They also take on impossible tasks, but they operate more as, as the writers, or as uh, the original Flash says, a family. And as the roster shifts and changes and people come in and out, one of the people that came into the Justice Society was Mr. Terrific, Michael Holt. And this was my first introduction uh, to Mr. Terrific, was in the Justice Society of America. He showed up during one particular incident, and then they just kept him going. And then slowly we started to unravel who he was, what his backstory was, and why he became Mr. Terrific. Let's start with that. Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I am Zidra. I am your host. I am, like yourself, a busy individual, but I am never too busy to podcast. So I think I'm going to title this one either The Tragedy of Mr. Terrific or The Tragedy of Michael Curtis Holt. I'm watching Arrow. So I'm trying to watch the last season so I can prepare for the crossover that they said is coming in November. And out of all of the CW shows, last season's Arrow was the weakest, in my opinion, or it was the least entertaining for me. And I could kind of get into that and break that down but I'm sure that there's plenty of videos that already exist of what's wrong with Arrow? What happened with Arrow? Why isn't Arrow as good as it was in season one and holy shit season two? So there'll be a little bit of that in this, but more specifically, before we do any of that, I have to talk about Curtis. I have to talk about Mr. Terrific. I have to talk about Michael Holt and what they've done to him and his character and it's so bothersome for me that I almost can't not talk about it I have to get this part off my chest before I can even get into why I feel the season is not working so before we dive into that let me say if you watch Arrow and you haven't finished the last season, I mean the latest season, and you don't want to be spoiled, I would go ahead and tune out now. And uh, I haven't even finished the last season yet. I still have about five episodes left, and I'm actually actively watching it. I stopped in the middle of an episode so I could uh, I could to- go take a drive and podcast and kind of clear my thoughts. But... I can't wait until I finish the episode or the season to talk about this because it it almost makes me wonder what were they thinking in that category. So, spoiler warning's already already up. I'm just going to do this as stark as possible. And I'm just going to I'm just going to put out 
kind of like my thoughts and my feelings about what I feel is going on about this character that, in my opinion, they've ruined. So, for those of you who don't know, there is a character in DC Comics called Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific is a legacy character that is a very athletic individual who basically fights. I believe he had, I believe the original Mr. Terrific back in the 70s is when I think it took place, maybe the 60s, he didn't have any powers either. And then we got the Mr. Terrific that we had in the um, modern day Justice Society of America. Now, the Justice Society of America is old school superheroes and some obscure superheroes in the DC. So you have the Justice League, which is Superman, Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, where it's Martian Manhunter, the most powerful, powerful, best of the best, coming together, taking on these impossible tasks. But then you have the Justice Society. They also take on impossible tasks, but they operate more as, as the writers, or as uh, the original Flash says, a family. And as the roster shifts and changes and people come in and out, one of the people that came into the Justice Society was Mr. Terrific, Michael Holt. And this was my first introduction uh, to Mr. Terrific, was in the Justice Society of America. He showed up during one particular incident, and then they just kept him going. And then slowly we started to unravel who he was, what his backstory was, and why he became Mr. Terrific. Let's start with that. Mr. Terrific, before he became Mr. Terrific, was known as Michael Holt. He was an Olympic athlete. He's one of the smartest men on the planet. I believe he was a decathlete, was his story. Well, he has one of those guys that had everything going for him. Uh, looks, skills, brilliant mind. And then one day, his wife was in a car accident. She died. And despite all his brilliance and despite all his skills, there was nothing he could do to save her. So he was at a loss. He, he went through depression. He went through downtime. He didn't know what he was going to do or who he really was anymore at that point. And when all hope was lost, he stumbled upon the visage of the original Mr. Terrific. And Mr. Terrific had a motto called Fair Play. Now, I don't know the exact details of what happened to his wife off the top of my head. I think there was some more mishigash that was going on with that. Like maybe some, something bad happened. Maybe something seedy occurred. Maybe some terrible people got involved and it wasn't just an accident. I don't really know exactly. But I know that he was called by the words of fair play. And he said, you know what? This life should be fair. And I'm going to make sure 
that what happened to my wife, I almost feel like it wasn't an accident. I almost feel like it was like a drive-by or something crazy like that. But anyways, he said, what happened to my wife, I'm not going to let happen to anyone else. I believe in fair play. I'm going to be the next Mr. Terrific. And so he used his brilliance to start to take on the mantle. So how does he become Mr. Terrific? Well, he didn't just put on a costume. He started studying. He used his super athletic abilities to take up martial arts. He became an expert martial artist. Mr. Terrific became an expert in the business field. He started a, a, comp a corporation. His brilliant scientific mind, he was inventing technologies. Technologies that were highly revered and then he became a billionaire scientist, scientist inventor. Michael Holt was a genius. As he did this, he started inventing different technologies that allowed him to fight crime. He invented the T-spheres, which are these autonomous uh, roving orbs with his moniker of a T. And what they do is they hover, hover around and absorb information, spit back information. He can send them out. They can do work for him. They're almost AI. Another is invention that no one could copy. Because of the, of the information in his suit, he's 100% radar uh, invisible. Can't really take a picture of him. You can't really get security footage of him. His T-mask can't be opened by anybody else. He's put so much time and effort and energy into being more brilliant than the next man. But he's an unstoppable force. When he was invited into the Justice Society of America, that he was a respected addition. They were like, we're lucky to have Mr. Terrific join us, Michael Holt. And he brought his own sense of skill and style and intelligence to the team. And when the shifts keep changing and things were different things were happening, who do you think the Justice Society made the leader of the Justice Society? Mr. Terrific. He led them toward, through several great arcs before passing on the torch. So when Arrow announced, we're bringing in Mr. Terrific, I was ecstatic. He's one of my favorite comic book characters. He's a sharp, brilliant icon of a figure that another black man can really look up to. So is this what Arrow provided? Did they provide us with Mr. Terrific, Michael Holt? No. Is this the Mr. Terrific that we received? When Arrow made the announcement that they were going to have Mr. Terrific on the show and comic fans were filled with intrigue, curiosity, and if they were like me, a little bit of joy. Was this who they were getting? Well, they told us right at the beginning, this is going to be a slightly different Mr. Terrific. They're changing his sexual orientation. Okay. What are they changing it to? Are they making him a woman? Are they making him gay? Are they making him transsexual? They said, we're making him gay. And at this, a lot of people were upset. A lot of people were like, how can they make him gay? He's not gay in the comic books. Me personally, I don't give a shit. They've made plenty of characters in different comic books gay, and it has never affected their character as long as it 
the story is good. Ultimate X-Men made Colossus gay. They made North Star gay. They've recently made Iceman gay in the comic books. I don't care. What does him having a dead wife versus a dead husband mean at all to me? Nothing. As long as he's Mr. Terrific, he's out there, he's brilliant, he's a scientific mind, he's challenging the way people think, and he's... Oh, wait a minute. That Not only is he not gay... Well, we're just gonna... Or not only is his orientation different, we're gonna make him work for Felicity. I was like, okay... They make him work for Felicity. Cool. So he's basically her lab assistant who works in the company but then helps her with projects because he's brilliant. Okay, cool. He's still a scientist. But then he gets taken in by by Arrow. He wants to be a part of the team. So he's getting his martial arts training from Arrow. And instead of him being this really cool, strong character, they kind of made him lame. He's not aspirational. He's not like a badass. He's not even really respected. People kind of like talk down to him. They give him a lot of disrespect. He's cornball. He's kind of lame. And that's where my problem is. The reason why Mr. Terrific was a fun character to read for me was because of how cool he was he was sitting and weighing equations in his head while they were figuring out the battle he was discussing the theories of relativity you know in the in the in the in the panels to the audience he wasn't bumbling and stumbling and hoping to be on the team and always apologizing and just being this lame pushover character. And I'm like, that's not Michael Holt. And they're like, we're right. That's Curtis Holt. They changed his name. Now, whenever a show changes the name of a character for no reason, just because they're like, yeah, we like this name better, that shows that they don't have any respect for the character at hand. They have respect for the title and how much money it could potentially bring them, but for the character, they don't respect that. They don't respect him being an Olympic athlete. What does he do? He freaking says, yeah, I got uh, I got a bronze medal in the Olympics. Yeah, you know, it's one of my hobbies. Oh, I got too many hobbies. Ha, 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 ha. Mr. Terrific is nothing to play with. He takes himself seriously. So now we have this kind of lame loser character who's supposedly athletic, but it doesn't feel like he is because he's so uncertain of himself. If you're a bronze medalist, you're gonna have a little bit of a way that you carry yourself. You're gonna have some cachet and some swag and how you move and operate. But it almost makes me think that they have a bias about his sexuality that because they made him gay they weakened him which is a fucking shame I mean it's like they're not even thinking I mean what about Omar from The Wire 
Omar from The Wire is a perfect example of how you portray character as opposed to playing into your own assumptions and stereotypes. He's a perfect example of a display that shows homosexuality is just another aspect of a person of who they date and not necessarily the aspect of how they are because we fed into the stereotypes of homosexuality that's what we anticipate the homosexual character should be over the top uh, loud imitate doing an imitation of how the traditional female and that is a truth, but it's a truth, not the truth. So you have a character like Omar, where his homosexuality is not a stereotype. It's an aspect of him, the same way uh, my heterosexuality is an aspect of me. That is not what they did with Arrow. I mean, I'm not saying that he's a stereotype to an extreme degree, but he's not very he's he's kind of, it's like he's being handled with like um someone who's all thumbs very poorly poorly handled character they made him silly ridiculous of a uh, a pushover everyone makes fun of him all or talks down to him one of the cool things about mr terrific is that he has the respect of batman and basically, in Arrow, Oliver is basically playing Batman, his version of Batman. And Batman, has, Wayne Industries, has invested money into uh, Mr. Teresa, into Michael Holt's company, and the T-Spheres, and everything. And he respects him. Oliver doesn't really respect him in the same way. He respects him almost like a big brother respects a little brother. Like, oh, you're trying. That's cute. Good work. So, what's the point of even being upset about this? The worst argument that people always have is like, well, what? It's not the same character. You can't expect everything to be the same character like you're expecting. Why would you get so angry about them changing a character? because of the history there's a historical I guess lineage to these characters the same way people get upset when Batman kills somebody because that character in that movie may kill somebody but Batman the mythological character does not kill somebody that's the defining nature of him Mr. Terrific's brilliance his composure his affinity for um, being somebody that people can rely upon that is one of his defining characteristics so for them to put this guy with the same jacket give him the same T-sphere give him the same mask but then he's nothing like the character that's not fucking Mr. Terrific it's just not and that frustrates me. And it feels like such a shame and a tragedy that this very strong character that I respected and revered is lame. And that bugs me. So now, 
I'm like, well, maybe something's going to happen. Maybe his husband is going to get killed and then he's going to have this tragic moment. But it's not. It's not that. They even gave him a different backstory. He just wanted a cool costume, so he saw a wrestler who wore a jacket that said fair play, so he's going to do the same. Like a WWF wrestler. Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to take somebody whom he revered and found out was a real, true, honest-to-goodness hero who rescued people and, t- and change it to be a WWF wrestler. That's almost insulting. And not even to insult anybody who does WWF wrestling, but there's a difference between a football player and a freaking hero. Like a soldier who went in and rescued people in Afghanistan. That's basically what we're talking about here. And the fact that they don't care is a shame. And I feel like that's part of the reason why Arrow this season is bad. So why is it that Arrow this season is not working? Now, everybody who's watched the entire thing, if I've missed the ending and I don't touch on the ending, I'll have to catch up on that later. I'm only in episode like 18 or 17, something like that. And I think there's like 22, 23. There's like, I got like six more episodes or something like that. I'm watching this entire season and I don't feel drawn to it at all. Now, the flashback parts are cool. I feel like there's investment there, there's stakes, there's interest, the characterization is pretty good. But the regular, everyday stuff feels bloated, feels messy, it feels unfocused, it feels very unrefined. As if to say, this is not how Arrow should go. This is not the right way to portray this character. And it's crazy to think because season one was pretty good. Got off to, you know, an interesting start and then it really picked up. But season fucking two of Arrow is one of the stronger seasons out of all the CW shows. I thought that was brilliantly handled. Absolutely brilliantly handled. The the way that they matured the character of Arrow, the way that they brought in the sidekicks like um, Arsenal, and when people were finding out, and when he was trying to figure out how to maintain, it was all working. And what made it really work, too, was Slade Wilson. They created a bad guy that hung over your head like a cloud. And he was particularly good at attacking Arrow, where he was most vulnerable and where the effects would be most personal. It was brilliance and despite the certain cheesy moments the, the the backstory was very well done it all fed into the main the main story so everything was linked it was just a well done story but when I watch the show now I just can't help I keep rolling my eyes I keep shrugging my shoulders I'm just like why is this not working Here we've got a guy 
who, for all intensive purposes, he's just he's just doing the same stuff, and yet he's not. The bad guys all feel random. They're blurring together. The story isn't really taking any chances. It seems like the last final seasons of a show run or a comic book run where they're just throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks. In this season of Arrow, spoilers, he becomes the mayor. Mayor McQueen, which I guess is one of the comic book runs. Then all of a sudden, Thea is his campaign manager, and then they have all this craziness happen, and then all of a sudden they're adopting a new team, and they bring in two or three other people all at once, and it all feels kind of fast. And then the new team is a bit extreme, and then Renee is this super intense character, but He's using a gun and he's a hothead and then Curtis wants is there. It's it all just isn't really working. It's not sticking for me. There was a girl who was on the team whose name even escaped me. I know she ended up being a traitor, but I don't even remember her. And then Rags. And I barely remember if that's even his actual code name. It felt it feels bloated and rushed and there's no real stakes. Because despite how they portray it, nothing seems to make any sense uh, in terms of this feels grave and this feels like it's a big deal and this feels like it really matters. And I think that that is showing up in my lack of interest for the show in a number of ways, a number of ways. When a protagonist doesn't have anything that they really desperately need to overcome especially when it comes to somebody who's challenging his way of thinking somebody who is letting that protagonist know that sure you have superpowers but I am your antithesis I am the representation physical embodiment of the opposite of what you believe and in a sense I may be right and me winning would mean that your basic sense of morality is wrong which is kind of how all of these superhero conflicts go without that the hero is basically the police without that that rivalry which we all deep down really want to see. We want to see the rivalry of Flash versus the reverse Flash, which was brilliantly handled with Dr. Wells in the first season. And um, I think Savitar did a pretty good job. Though it would be nice to see him with some non-speedster villains which i feel like is his personal like quandary like the it's so funny because like each story that they have on the, each different show has its own personal challenge and i feel like for the flash the main story challenge is that they don't really know how to write a villain 
who isn't a speedster. In Supergirl, they don't they don't quite know how to write a villain for her who is interesting, right? And in Arrow, they're just running out. They're running out of ideas. They're running out of challenges. They're running out of things that are going to sink their hooks into you and like really kind of get you to grasp and latch on to the show. So this season feels empty. It feels hollow. And once again, we're spoiling, we're spoiling Arrow this season. Um, and we'll just say the whole Arrow series for the CW. This is just for current up-to-date fans, though you're lucky because I'm still, I'm still five more episodes to watch before I will be fully caught up myself. So I'm not going to spoil the end of the series, but I am going to spoil some major stuff specifically about the villain. So once again, three, two, one, Prometheus and how he was the district attorney. It was the most unsatisfying reveal that I've ever, ever seen. It just, it did nothing for me. I was thinking the district attorney was going to be the guy in the red mask called Vigilante who feels a little bit more chaotic, a little bit more um, intriguing. But Prometheus setting up all these traps and all these things where he knows who Oliver is, he doesn't really feel like he's really pushing Oliver's buttons. He's not doesn't feel like he's doing anything special, I'll say. So the best comparison, comparison I can think of is the main villain for uh, Civil War. Captain America's Civil War, the bad guy who pushed, he pushes Iron Man into fighting Captain America by attacking specifically at information that is personally effective to Captain America, etc. I won't say more than that. Whereas this guy, Prometheus, yeah, the information is personal, but it's not it's personal to them, but it's not really personal to us. Because whom he goes after, I don't feel I have a stake in Oliver's new girlfriend. I don't really feel like I have stakes in his mayoral campaign. It just feels like a flash in the pan. I'm not grounded in this new reality because it happened way too fast for me to follow. So why is it that it can't seem to give us that same impact that it previously had as it did in other seasons? And I think that one of uh, Arrow's problems is that it can't match the flow and the pace of story arcs as comic books do. What's weird about comic books is that there's almost this implied status quo. When you enter the world of, say, Batman, you know that there's going to be a certain basic status quo that's happening. Crimes will be committed, regular crimes, which will open up a more in-depth crime, which will end up being a specific personal crime by one of his rogues gallery. Batman will be working at night, 
it will he will be mean he will be short with people he will be silent just basic standard this is the batman field now what's interesting about a story arc when it comes to comics books is that it will go in and shift and adjust the status quo during the process of said arc so what will happen is Batman will undergo something random right maybe Batman will get a new son like the Damien arcs and then all of a sudden the status quo of Batman is disrupted by the Damien arc so what you do is you go through the arc all with the mentality of getting Batman back towards the ordinary Batman status quo which is extraordinary for us but that status quo is the baseline for the character of Batman right and it's like that for all of them Spider-Man ordinary status quo he's swinging he's fighting criminals something happens there's somebody blowing up cars in a parking lot named, and then he finds out it's Geldof and then he finds out that Geldof may or may not be a mutant then the X-Men show up and then all of a sudden like, it just snowballs but we're just trying to get back to the ordinary extraordinary crime fighting life of Spider-Man slash Peter Parker the problem with the Arrow series right now is there is no recognizable or discernible status quo. What is the status quo of Arrow? We don't know. What is he like? What's he doing in the ordinary time where he's just being Arrow? No idea. No clue. He's not just going out fighting criminals on a consistent basis anymore. Now we have this whole mayoral thing. So the status quo is him being the mayor and dealing with the problems of the mayor. Now, myself, I'm not invested in that personal status quo. The, may, the mayor thing should be an arc unto itself that is disrupting the status quo. But it's not. They're trying to make that mayoral part the status quo. And because I'm not inve- I haven't invested in him fighting crime all these years so that he could be the mayor as Oliver Queen, I don't care. So all the stuff that's disrupting his mayoral race and, oh, he doesn't know if he's going to be able to be the mayor or impeach himself or anything like that, it may or may not be interesting, but I'm not personally curious. I'm just not because I'm like, well, wait, when are we going to get back to the Arrow Cave? When are we going to get more? When are we going to find out if these guys are actually heroes? So now when you have these other guys and he's searching for Curtis and he's searching for Renee and he's doing all this crazy stuff, that is a disruption of a disruption. It's a snake eating its own tail. And that status quo is a completely different locale. That's why it feels like stuff is happening so fast. Because I'm like, wait a minute, we just got back to the status quo, and then he's like, find new people, I'm the mayor, there's Prometheus, there's too many disruptions upon disruptions upon disruptions, and it just comes across as hasty, random, and inevitably pointless.